Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Dearest listener, allow me to unveil a delightful secret. Snag Tights Craft Clothing that embraces every body shape. In a bold endeavor to revolutionize the fashion realm, Snag has triumphed. Permit me to draw your attention to the ingenious Chub Rub Shorts, crafted with moisture-wicking yarn, promising to keep you at least one degree cooler and utterly free from the discomfort of chafing. Free shipping on select orders. Thus, the more you snag, the more you save. Do not delay. Dear listener, experience the fashion revolution that is snag and visit snagtights.us today. Welcome to Katie's Crib, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Just a quick disclaimer, this episode was recorded pre-pandemic. Welcome back to Katie's Crib. Today's topic hits very close to home for me as a mother of my two-year-old son, Albie, at a time when we're redefining masculinity and challenging social expectations that boys have to always be tough. I often think about like how we raise our boys and keep them growing in the right direction. When I talk about this topic with my New Yorker mom friends, because I'm here in New York shooting, you guys, I was like, who can I talk to? And they said I had to bring in Dr. Adam Price to help me navigate and talk about this topic. Dr. Adam Price is a clinical psychologist with more than 25 years of experience working with children and their families. Um, He's published articles on family and child therapy in the Wall Street Journal and Family Circle and is the author of the book, He's Not Lazy, Empowering Your Son to Believe in Himself. Great title. Thank you. (laughs) I'm very excited to have you here um, to talk about what goes on in a boy's world and how we raise them to be good men. So I want to start with play because I know you, I don't, do you primarily deal with older, more teenage boys or? I do now, Katie, but listen, before we start, I want to tell you, I think it's so amazing that you're using your platform and your fame to do this and have wonderful conversations for a couple of years now with, you know, about parenting. It's really, you're doing a good thing here. Nice. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, Um, so I work with teens. I have worked with kids from you know, from as young as two. Yeah. Great. So like I have a two-year-old and of course being 
me, I was really into making sure he was playing with all sort of gender neutral toys and colors and all these mm-hmm. kinds of things. Yeah, no, my kid is obsessed with trucks, buses, motorcycles, helmets, scooters, wheels. And also he's obsessed with wrestling. Like that's mm-hmm. like a huge part of his play. And I hate it. Like I'm uncomfortable by it. Why are you uncomfortable? I mean, I, I like it to a point, but once it starts getting like really aggressive, which he can yeah. do and be, um, I, I'm just like, oh, like I don't like this. Like it's just like not how I physically communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've read a lot of books about how important that is for boys and their way of playing and their way of like physically touching with their dad or their friends or whatever that is. Um, So can you talk to me about boys, how they play? And again, this is sort of sweeping generalizations in a way, because I don't think this is all boys. Well, whenever I talk to parents of young kids, I get asked that question. So it really is on the minds of parents, especially today. And it's a great place to start. The thing is that boys and girls, their brains are not really that different. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like to think that they are. Boys and girls are very different. Men and women are. But boys and girls' brains aren't that different. Boys and girls develop the same skills, the same abilities, but at a different rate and in a different order. Like girls talk earlier and boys talk slower. Well, yeah. So here's a, that's a good example. So, for example, a girl's vocabulary at... 20 months is 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 larger than a boy's but only by about you know 10 or 12 words now those can be significant words but it's it, those kind of subtle differences but physically there are differences so you know the the old adage boys will be boys i think it's really true and there are of course societal norms so you know pink used to be the color that boys were dressed in in the last two, two centuries ago right in the 1800s and then then that became Wait, what yeah. You heard it here, folks. Are you <laughs> kidding? Pink used to be for boys and blue used to be for girls. I don't know what caused the change. Um, and, you know, you know, those those pictures in the 1800s of boys dressed in, in dresses, little little toddlers, you know. So so there's a there's a big societal uh, imprint and impact. But I don't think there's anything wrong with boys being boys. And when I talk about these issues and I talk to parents and uh, around the country about, about masculinity, I, I always stress that we want our boys to be boys. Mm-hmm. Um, the opposite to me of masculinity isn't femininity, it's authenticity. So the idea oh, is to help boys. So beautiful. Oh, thank you. Uh, I love it. To help boys to be comfortable with who they are. So I don't, and, and with their feelings, but not to be any less rough and tumble. That's who boys are. Yeah. Um, for, actually, you know, and boys are more from birth are more sensitive than girls. Boys are more fussy. Uh, they're more. Um, they need more reassurance. No, to be honest, I feel like my son is like very emotional compared mm-hmm. to. A lot of his friend, girls his age that are that are you know within a month of his birth date. Like I just feel like he, his emotional, um, he gets there quicker. Mm-hmm. You know, like he'll just cry. You know, and I try again. Like it's really funny. I really try to always be like it's okay. Like I want him to be able to mm-hmm. cry and feel comfortable with doing so. Um, at what point is the line where like rough and tumble play is too much or? Do you hear these stories still of parents, a boy, little boy crying and parents saying, like, don't cry. And and that's sort of well, right. So that's what happens. And by the way, I want to make sure that when you leave here, you're not going to be worried about your son playing with trucks and guns no. and all that. stuff. Oh, God, I couldn't even know, t- because honestly, what I've learned in motherhood more than anything else is whatever brings your 
son or daughter joy is what brings me joy. Like I'll be on the plane leaving my son for a day and all I'm doing is videotaping any truck to send to my husband's, you know, like (laughs) because I can't see a truck without thinking of my son. And we're both actors. I don't give a shit about trucks. It's really hard. (laughs) It's really hard to change these these norms when I was and they're fine. I mean, I really want to be reassuring to you and the parents that are listening. Kids need limits and boys need more limits than girls. So, you know, obviously um, when they're when the rough and tumble becomes too out of control, then it's your job to step in because then you're teaching them to regulate themselves and to do it for them when they can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but but just the kind of thing they do, they got a lot of energy. Oh, my God. Uh, Tell me about <laughs> it. Good Lord. There's a boy code, and you even referred to it. You know, from a young age, boys here, big boys don't cry, grow a pair, oh. shake it off. You know, and when, when, when boys are not tough enough, they're told that they're being a girl, right? So boys hear this, and so there becomes this boy code that that uh, you can never be, you know, a, a wuss, a nerd, uh, the dreaded F word, you know, which which we don't like to hear anymore, but kids call each other that, you know, all oh the time. Um, and so boys learn at a young age that they have to hide a part of themselves because boys and girls prove themselves in different ways. This is really interesting. And if you think about it, it'll make sense. Girls prove themselves by who they know, by their social network. This is why when girls get to be in middle school, there's a whole mean girl phenomenon. And why girls are more cooperative in, in school because they want to please the teacher. The boys don't really give a hoot because for boys, social status comes from what they can do. Who can throw a football the farthest? Who can run Not the fastest? Even beat a video game. It's it's unfortunately not who got straight A's or who scored you know the lead in the school musical. But this is how boys prove themselves, and and men have to do this too. We're always proving ourselves not to women, but to other men. And that's just wiring. It's it's our society, and it's mm. and it's it's the messages that we're giving we're giving our boys. And so when does that happen? You know, it probably happens. I mean, I've seen it the little soccer field. We called it swarm ball. You know, when the kids were were. Three and four, yeah. you know, you know, maybe that's a little young, but big boys don't cry. And I've seen parents say it to kids. That's probably not the best message. No, you don't want to do that. What do you want to say when a boy cries? You want to just let him cry, mm-hmm. you know, and let him get his feelings out. I mean, unless he's having a temper tantrum right. and you need to uh, you need to help him to regulate again. But I had a young man in my office. He's a college student the other night and he was really falling apart. You know, he was really under tremendous stress and he kept almost crying. The tears would almost emerge, and then he would hold back. And, and, and I said, you should cry. You know, it's, it's going to make you feel better. Yeah. And eventually he did, but it was so humiliating. We can talk about shame, too. It was so oh, humiliating. Yeah, I can't wait to get into that. Yeah, because for him to, even in front of his therapist, I've known him for many years now, you know, since he was a high school student, and he trusts me, but it still is just that loss of control. So, yeah, you let him cry. Mm-hmm. And we can get into it more in terms of, you know, some of the other things. Mm, interesting. Um, so where does this go into bullying in school. I know that that word is like, wow, I feel like it's used a lot. I think it's terrible and horrifying. And I haven't gotten to that place yet. But like the first time my kid is bullied or is bullying. Oh, my God. What the hell would I do or will I do when my son's bullying? (laughs) Well, I don't think your son's going to be a bully. Oh, we don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But but a bully is different than someone who's being too aggressive, a boy who's being too aggressive or too mean. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that we can't raise boys or girls to be so sensitive. And, and I think we're, we're really veering in that direction uh, in, in, a, in a really scary way. Um, these days, a lot of people write about that now. But we, we can't raise them to be too sensitive or to always need protection. 
Um, I'll say something in a minute that may contradict that a little bit, but but I, I think that's true. So just like you have to, you know, tolerate your sons being a little aggressive, mm-hmm. that's going to be a part of, of boyhood. Mm-hmm. And teachers aren't going to see it because it happens in the less structured times of school. It happens on the, on playground. the playground. It happens in, gym, gym, in class. gym class or in lunch. You're not going to necessarily hear that he's being mean or bullying mm-hmm. unless someone tells you. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone tells you that... Oof, I'll tell you right now the reactions. I'm going to be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And my husband's going to be like quick to the like disproving them like he's going to be quick to like what what did he say well I don't think he said like you know what I mean like my husband's like very um and I love that about him but he will want to make sure that it all the facts are straight <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well that's good he's, he's he's what's your son's name Albie Albie so he's got Albie's back yes oh 100 so that's great but here's here's a really helpful parenting tip mm. um the parenting tip is not to talk Holy folks, just listen. I have to shut up. And so does my husband, and we're both talkers. Well, you, yeah, you're an, you're you're actress, so you're going to be talkers, <laughs> and your son's going to have to learn to to keep up oh. with that. But but the thing is that that it's really important, even at a young age, to understand not just the child's perspective. We think empathy is understanding the child's perspective, but it's really important to understand how that perspective makes sense to them, you know, not necessarily to us. And once you get there with with a kid and you listen and you ask, you know, questions and also just be quiet because quiet lets other people have the space to talk, even little ones, um, you're going to understand a little bit more about, about what's going on if you get the message, you know, uh, I'll be kicked, you know, Billy in, in school today. Right. The other day I was talking, it was, it was kind of similar. I was talking to a 13, 14-year-old kid who whose who's friend, who, someone who wanted to be friends with him, had asked him a sensitive question about when he was going on to the next level of school, because this, this young man, because of some learning difficulties, had repeated a grade early mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. So he ghosted, he ghosted the kid, and it got back through the older brother. So the parents were, were wonderful parents, have done everything for this kid, um, but were, you know, and I too were thinking, okay, so this is an opportunity to talk about how he feels about his learning issues and, and, and how to deal with that situation. So I started doing that, went down that road. Um, I asked him, you know, tell me what you, what you think. And he said, well, I'll tell you something. I don't like that kid. Um, most people don't like that kid, so I don't want to be friends with that kid. So if I wanted to be friends with that kid, I would have never ghosted him. I would have told him what the deal is. Mm. But it was easier for me because I don't want to encourage the friendship. <laughs> so wow. I'm sure both perspectives are true, but you know that's his perspective. So I think that for most parents whose kids aren't too aggressive and aren't getting calls all the time, I mean, that's a whole other issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Then it's it's important. You can tell Adam not to be so defensive at first because he wants to hear from Albie's perspective because mm-hmm. then that gives you a place to start talking to him about what's an appropriate way to express yourself or to push back or to stick mm-hmm. up for yourself. So mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's really crucial. Mm. Yeah. I want to go back and just talk about the other side of the bullying, which Please. is being oh, bullied. Yes. And I want to go back to it because I said earlier I was going to contradict something I said. So oh, I yeah, want to be true to my it. promise. Um, so, so kids, boys do need to know how to handle themselves on the playground. And so when I'm working with, with kids, I often talk to them about how they recover. Because sometimes it's just pushing and shoving and name calling. And no one likes to be called names. But if you're a boy, you have to be able to laugh it off and call a kid another you know, another yeah. name. If you're too sensitive, then you're going to get bullied Get bullied more. So how a kid recovers is really, it's important to teach them that even though you're hurting inside, if it's just normal kind of, you know, just kind of jostling in, in the 
guise of fun, you have to be able to kind of keep up with that because if you don't, you're going to get bullied more. And kids can be really mean. You know, they don't have they they don't have the some of the social controls that we as adults like right. to think we have. Right. <laughs> if you live in New York and you yeah. drive, you know that right. or, or LA or, or LA is much same. worse. Oh my yeah, god, horrible. much worse. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to talk to somebody. And this is where it gets sticky because I've worked with kids who I work with them in 2020, 2019. They come in and they say, yeah, I was bullied last year. And I'm like, I saw you every day, every week last year, you know, once a week. Why didn't you tell me? Because they're embarrassed, they're humiliated, and then they don't want a parent to get involved, the teacher to get involved um, because it makes it worse. But I do think sometimes, especially when they're little, if it's a repeated pattern, an adult has to get involved. Hopefully the adult is sensitive and can deal with it because not every not every educator is in terms of dealing with it so that it doesn't have ramifications mm-hmm. on the kid. But and so what's happened in, in, you know, I practice here in New York and in New Jersey and in New Jersey, there are bullying laws now. Um, really? That passed a, f- a number of years what ago. What are they? Um, there's a whole procedure that teachers and administrators have to go to if bullying is reported, Holy paperwork, conversation. Wow. It really backfires, though. I feel like that's, yeah, that seems not, because a kid being bullied probably wants and help, but they also don't want to shine too much attention on it mm-hmm. or, yes, because it'll get worse and worse and worse, right? Like, right, right. So you have to choose who you're going to tell. But usually the, when you're at that level, that young person is already uh, has the attention of the schools. Um, wow. The, the other thing I tell kids who are bullied is, I, listen, I've had a few who I'd like to say kick the kid when no one's looking. Sure. But, you know, we can't you say really that. But that, right? stand up and yell at them. Make them embarrassed. Draw attention to what they're doing. So, you know, you can shut them down. And I feel like in t- bullying is such a thing. I feel like you could stand up today and say, like, you're bullying. Like, you mm-hmm. could say that very loud and people would look probably and get attention for it. I had this other experience, which doesn't, it's not so flattering to me, but but it really is because this is a part of normal experience. In seventh grade, when a lot of this happens, there was a kid that everybody picked on and I wasn't particularly nice to him. I wasn't, I didn't beat him up. I didn't, you know, but I wasn't nice to him and he knew it. And we had our lockers next to each other. So, you know, I would close his locker or turn his locker around every once in a while. One day he, I I get goosebumps telling you, and this was a long time ago, I'm a little older than you. (laughs) Um, he, He said to me, he said, Adam, why do you do that? Why do you treat me that way? You know, why do you pick on me? And I said, you know what? And I believe his name was John. I said, I have no idea. And he taught me, this kid who everybody else picked on, but he taught me such an important lesson of compassion when I was that age. I never picked on him again. Um, You were like, I don't know why. Yeah. (laughs) He just just kind of asked it flat out. Mm. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. 
This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Dearest listener, in a world where fashion oft neglects the true diversity of the human form, Snag emerges as the beacon of inclusivity we so desperately need. Renowned for their exquisite tights, Snag has triumphantly expanded its offerings to include garments that embrace everybody. Snag's creations are meticulously designed on a lifelike figures and refined across a spectrum of shapes before gracing our wardrobes. Clothing that not only promises, but delivers true comfort and fit, particularly of note other chub rub shorts ingeniously crafted with a moisture wicking yarn to ensure you remain at least one degree cooler and entirely free from the dreaded chafing perfect for every season these shorts can be discreetly worn under your clothes offering a delightful alternative to traditional cycling shorts whether you are at the gym hiking or simply enjoying a day in a skirt or dress they are your ideal companion remember dear listener the more you snag the more you save with free shipping on select orders. Don't delay in experiencing the fashion revolution that is snag at snagtights.us. Tell me about consent. Consent, yes. Do you talk a lot about this right now with people and doing lectures about it? Like you must be traveling the tri-state area talking about Uh, this. The country. And the country. Because it's really on people's minds. And, you know, consent. So, My take on consent is that you're not, your son is not too old for you to ask me that question. Because I think that what we need to help, there's a few things, but one is emotional intelligence. We'll talk about that. But helping uh, children understand from an early age, a value-driven conversation about sex. Now, it depends what your values are. But the point is to talk about sex with kids in the context of a relationship, Mm in the context of, you know, what the meaning is. Um, Because that's what I think will help them later on. You know, I remember when I was, I think I was in seventh grade too. Mm -hmm. My mother, you know, I'm still amazed that she did this. We were getting sex education. And again, this was 1972, Mm -hmm. 1973. Um, And she said to me, "Uh, Adam, I want you to know whatever they tell you in school about sex, they're not going to tell you one thing. And I said, oh, God, I don't want to have this conversation with you. But what is it? And she said, sex is fun. 
and sex is pleasurable. And that was like wow, really. Their mom's cool. That was great sex education. Um, so you know, there's interesting things that studies that have happened. Uh, people have looked at whether the just say no abstinence message helps. It actually causes higher teen pregnancy. Of course, not a good message because it's not sex is relationships much too complicated. Yeah, for them. that's so black or white. It's like ridiculous. It's not whether you believe in it or not. It's just that that's not a good message, right? Uh, Peggy Ornstein, who's you know written about girls, and I think she's coming out with a book about boys. Yes. She had a, a piece in the New York Times about about this issue, and she she looked at uh, Holland, and there's a much lower incidence of teen pregnancy in Holland. Kids have sexual relationships, but girls are much more able, according to the research, to be able to say what they do want to do, what they don't want to do. Mm. And girls report, compared to girls in the United States, that their first sexual encounter is within a relationship, a loving relationship, much more so than here, that it's just a hookup. Mm. The reason is because people are more comfortable with sex in Holland, you know, and, and we can have all sorts of stereotypes, but it is a more liberal society, but they talk to kids more about it. Teachers talk to kids about it. Parents talk to kids about it. They do it from an early age. So my advice is start talking about sex and get over your discomfort talking about it because you're the one who wants to give the important messages. Mm -hmm. The concern is, is the messages that boys get. It's going back to what we were talking about a little bit before, you know, which is be tough. Um, you know, don't show any emotions. Anytime you enter into intimacy with with another person, it's a contract. Mm -hmm. And and kids are going to be having sex, you know, so parents have to appreciate that they need to talk about it. Um, and if your values are that you should wait till marriage to have sex, that's okay. You can include that in the message, but you're still talking about when they get married and have sex because, um, you know, it has to be a mutual relationship um, where both people are consenting and it's not just a hookup, you know, and this is more getting into talking to teens about it. Oh, my God. I'm not. I'm so scared. What is that even like? I can't even imagine. But I do hope that my household is one where we talk about that stuff. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I also want to respect his privacy and, you know, I don't want to know everything if he doesn't want me to know everything. But I also really want there to be an open conversation about what it is. And when does that start happening? I mean, it's early, right? I mean, I was a nanny for 10 years. And I oh, you were? Oh, yeah. I was a nanny for a very long time. And I remember around maybe five, six, seven, the boys became obsessed with playing doctor with me. And every time I would go like pee in a public restroom, they were trying to climb underneath the restroom door. Mm -hmm. And they kept asking me to see, they kept saying, I right. want to see your butt. I want to see your butt. They wanted to see my vagina is what right. they were asking to see. And I went to the parents and I said, um, hey, I just want to let you guys know that this is like a constant conversation at this point. And the kids are, are being brought to tears that they have not seen me naked. And I don't know what's happening. And the mom was like, oh, it's because they've never, like she she was very, a very private mom, didn't ever shower with her kids. Yeah, you know, um, her sons, I don't think had ever seen a girl's body parts, mm -hmm. to be honest. And right. I think they were really fucking curious. But, I just, I mean, that's already not my house. I mean, we're actors. My son's been, like, backstage on Broadway, and all the girls are, like, taking off their clothes to make their quick changes. So, like, he's good. But, like, 
I do think that it's still a very hard subject for people to talk about. You know, that's a wonderful example. I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, they're just curious, right? That's not really about sex. That's about curiosity. Right. So it's an opportunity to, to, to say to them, listen, there are certain things that are private that we don't show other people. You don't show other people, you know, your penis. Right. Um, you don't ask to see someone else's penis or vagina unless they give you permission. I guess maybe you don't say that to a you know, younger kid, although they do play doctor. It's very, very innocent. You know, we tend to be puritanical in this country about sex. Do you think that that's led to so many of the issues and problems? Well, that and, and if you want to get into, you know, talking about emotional intelligence, you know, let's go back to what I said initially. The opposite of masculinity isn't femininity, it's authenticity. And I say this to teenagers and, and, and young men all the time. Um, my definition of being secure as a man is being able to, at times, be vulnerable enough to be able to say to a young woman, is it okay if I do this? Um, it's being secure enough that when you are feeling emotional and when you do have things you need to talk about, you are able to talk to people that you trust, not to everybody, but to people that you trust. And if you're in a situation where you need to cry and, it, and you're with someone that you feel like you can cry to, it's not a threat to your masculinity because you wanted to talk about shame. This is what happens. Because of the boy code, because of uh, how we're brought up, anytime a man feels vulnerable or feels exposed, it leads to shame. And it's, shame is an incredibly powerful emotion. And to me, every emotion is okay, but shame is really destructive. Uh, it's hard for me to help someone who's ashamed because they don't want to talk about the issues. And shame says not, I did something wrong, but I am wrong. Right? That's Brene Brown. Yeah. I was just going to bring her up. Yeah. She's amazing. Um, she's, her work has been so helpful. But I quote that line all the time because you can feel wrong. Guilt is okay. But there is nothing wrong with being vulnerable. And so when, when men and boys feel that sense of vulnerability, they shut down. And then it prevents them from asking for support, you know. And so that's, that's part of why the suicide rate for boys is higher than girls. It's part of why um, suicide is the uh, second leading cause of death after unintentional accidents. For boys? For boys, yeah, 15 to 34. Now, that's partly because they don't die of heart attacks. You know, it's not just, right, 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 I don't right. want to make it right, right. exaggerated. But, but when I was doing some talks out in Colorado, I was presenting with a woman from Colorado, and she said, no, in, in Colorado, it's the number one cause of, you know, of deaths. Um, wow. So do you think today's birds and the bees talk, that that's not just one talk? Like one big ass talk to me seems far more pressure than like lots of opportunities and small talks along the way. Listen, we, we, we all know you're a great actress. I can tell by the questions you're asking that you're a great parent, too, because, you know, saying, you know, these are many conversations you have over time um, is really true. You know, boys and girls start kissing. So when they're in fourth grade or third grade, you know, I kissed a girl. I mean, it's like a little kiss. And so then I did that in third or fourth grade. There you go. But it's just a comment. It's like, oh, that's really nice. When you kiss somebody, you have really strong feelings for them, mm -hmm. you know, and as long as the person wants to kiss you back. That's OK. Um, that's OK. Right. You know, right. if they don't, though, you have to respect them. But you bring up another really interesting point that reminds me of a, a young man I work with who could have probably had any girl he wanted in. I would like to say New York City. He was that good looking and charismatic. Oh, wow. He was real into the whole New York City independent school thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I was kind of worried about that. I said, you know, we got to talk about this. We got to talk about consent. And he said, he said, Dr. Price, my mother has been very clear with me about how to treat women and how to respect them. And 
you know, that's not a, that's not a boundary I would ever trespass. Wow. So I think that's a, that's important for moms to be strong, like you said about that. It's also important on the other side, though, to tell boys to to protect themselves. Right? Don't be in a room alone with a girl. You know. Um, oh my God! Have you seen it go that way? Uh, well, of course, it goes both God. ways. Um, there's all, there's often something that happens, you know. Um, but you know, make sure that that you know you, you mean like a, seven minutes in heaven's like not a great idea. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> totally played that as well. But I, to, to be honest, I was a big fan of the spin the bottle situation because I was comfortable with like a peck. But the seven minutes in heaven, like I went in there like twice and I didn't do anything. I mean, I just like hid in like racks of turtlenecks. Like I just was like <laughs> completely horrified and waiting for the seven minutes and I was like hey how are you like you know like <laughs> can we talk about oral sex please because this is one of my pet peeves go for it. it it amazes me but it's still pretty common for girls to give boys oral sex and um, when they don't necessarily want to but they feel the pressure to do so oh. so when I'm working with a girl or a boy mm-hmm. and, and I hear about this happening I say to the girl did he give you oral sex mm-hmm. no and then I say why not you know, you're supposed to experience pleasure also. Yeah. So that's that's a part of the message of consent. And I say to the boy, too, and he's like, no. And I'm like, well, then don't let her go down there because that's not fair, you know. Um, so the message of consent is um, that it should be, this is what the boys need to hear. You, your job is to make it pleasurable for the girl, right? right? right. And so when boys get, get this idea that it's not about that, it's about how many girls I can have sex with or I can hook up with and what's my number. And, that, you know, that's all about that kind of macho masculinity. Mm-hmm. That's really not what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, if you're hooking up and this is a different kind of conversation with the kid or when you hook up, you know, you're, you're, you're there to help make sure that she's comfortable and that she has, has a good time. And so I, you know, what I like to do is interview teenagers and, and, and pick their brains and see what they're t- thinking about. Yeah. You're so good at using the term hookup. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like I haven't said that in 15 years. <laughs> like, oh, it's so funny. Cause my friend said, you want to hook up for lunch? And I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. 
you have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Dearest listener, in a world where fashion oft neglects the true diversity of the human form, Snag emerges as the beacon of inclusivity we so desperately need, renowned for their exquisite tights. Snag has triumphantly expanded its offerings to include garments that embrace everybody. Snag's creations are meticulously designed on a lifelike figures and refined across a spectrum of shapes before gracing our wardrobes, clothing that not only promises but delivers true comfort and fit, particularly of note other chub rub shorts ingeniously crafted with a moisture wicking yarn to ensure you remain at least one degree cooler and entirely free from the dreaded chafing perfect for every season these shorts can be discreetly worn under your clothes offering a delightful alternative to traditional cycling shorts whether you are at the gym hiking or simply enjoying a day in a skirt or dress they are your ideal companion remember dear listener the more you snag the more you save with free shipping on select Orders. Don't delay in experiencing the fashion revolution that is snag at snagtights.us. I want to talk to you about your book, which is incredible. Um, Thank you. Again, you guys, it's called He's Not Lazy, Empowering Your Son to Believe in Himself, which, again, I have a two-year-old, but I'm afraid of... I don't do well with laziness at all. Like I, I'm sure you can tell. I can tell. Yeah, no, you don't get to be where you are with, <laughs> by being lazy. Not at all. So tell me a little bit about your book. So this is something that I love to talk about, obviously. But when I wrote the book, there wasn't a lot of research on adolescence and motivation, but there was a lot on adults. And the key ingredient is just common sense. It's autonomy. Right. If you have the autonomy to make a decision about what you're doing, then you're going to be much more motivated to do it. Now, there's two problems with that. The first problem is that what what we have forgotten now is that autonomy comes with accountability. So if you make a choice, you know, to stay up at a sleepover, you know, till two in the morning or three in the morning, which is lots of fun, you know, you're still accountable to go to Sunday school or, or soccer practice sure. the next morning. Sure. Um, and so what happens is that we rescue kids and it's, it's parents, obviously, you know, it's the whole overparenting, helicopter parenting phenomena, but um, schools do it too. Um, so the more that we let kids off the hook, we are robbing them of the opportunity to learn from their mistakes. And that's what autonomy is about, right? Mm-hmm. It's about, I did this, I made a choice, it worked out, I'll do it again, it didn't work out maybe a couple of times, and I'll stop doing it, right? So that's such an important lesson. But it's also the critical factor in, in, in helping kids to be motivated. What if your kid just doesn't like school? So, so <laughs> that's the second thing. Um, and then after this, can I ask you a question? Yes. Oh, please, an open book. Um, the, the second thing is that in school, you don't have a lot of choice. 
right? You're, you have to do what you have to do, and it can be really boring. And not every kid is able to delay gratification to be able to see that what they do now is going to pay off later. later and that they can wait. You know, there's a famous marshmallow you know, study that was done years ago. Um, so so the psychologist, I think he was at Stanford, he put a three- or four-year-old in a room with two marshmallows and a videotaping. videotaping. Mm-hmm. And these were all the, his kids' peers. Mm-hmm. And he said to them, um, you can eat that marshmallow now, but if you wait till I come back, you can have two. And you see these kids, that's what's so funny. They'd be under, one, one little girl went under the table, they would lick the marshmallow, and, and, and then they would put it down. He followed these kids, and the kids that waited did better in college. Whoa. You know, they went to better colleges, more competitive colleges. It's amazing. This was done years ago. Oh, my God. But gratification. So some kids just can't do that. The thing I tell parents, though, and, and what I, re- I really want to be reassuring, and so what I tell parents is that if that's your son, that's okay. Yeah. And you got to learn a different way. Yeah, or you're gonna you're you're gonna grow up. You know, there are there's a specific part of the brain that doesn't mature until sometimes until age 26, and that's the prefrontal cortex where we planning, uh, impulse control, executive function. That's my brother. Yeah, like I knew I wanted to be an actor from the time I was two. It was very easy for me to have like a passion and a, and a line and a drive. But like my brother was like someone who was like jack of all traits. Like he was good at a lot of stuff, but he wasn't like particularly obsessed with any one thing. He was good at sports. He played trumpet. Like, he was a great kid, but, like, he went to school, the school that my mom thought he should go to, you know, and then he went there and didn't know what to major in and was failing out because he became president of the fraternity. And at, like, 26, he, like, got his shit together. And he's, like, the best. Like, you know what I mean? The whole thing turned around. But there were years where we were completely horrified. A a neuroscientist would tell you that that's because of what happened in his brain. Whoa. Yeah, it's really interesting. So I'm not not a laissez-faire parent. I don't believe that that we should just let kids give them a shovel and let them dig themselves into a hole they can't get out of. Right. Um, that's what I talk about in the book. I have a program, mm-hmm. but the program is really about not micromanaging them mm-hmm. and giving them some space to. It's a sweet spot. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's hard for a lot of parents to figure out, but it's also about you know duct tape parenting, and 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 then it's about not freaking out. And listen, where I practice, you know, here in New York or New Jersey, you know, they're very competitive, affluent families. So when I say to them, it's your son's. You, you can ask your son to get a B, but it's their choice to get an A. No, it's not. It's not his choice. But it is. That's my philosophy. It's his choice. But the the message is don't worry. You know, yeah. set limits um, and and be patient. And especially if they have a, a, something that they're passionate about. I'm afraid of I want to raise someone who is comfortable in his masculine, who is comfortable in his authenticity. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dr. Adam Price. <laughs> my second fear is the um, video game child. Mm-hmm. I am horrified. I was the last generation to be raised without the iPhone. I didn't have a co- yeah. I didn't have a phone in college. Yeah. So this is like um crazy to me that that kids are literally in front of screens all day long. But video games. Yes. Video yeah. games can be very very positive. Everything has changed. So when they're in their basement playing a video game, they're playing with their friends. Right. And for the kid that has trouble making friends, sometimes that's their social life. Right. But they're more comfortable there. And then most of the kids graduate to playing video games in the same living room and then they have a social life. So um, so it's not always bad. There are there are kids who only play video games. That's a whole other issue because those kids to me have underlying 
something Cerns, like that. Cerns, yeah. But so you are very motivated, right? You, you, you made it in a way that many people want to and few people do. Mm-hmm. So what's your secret? What kept you going? you know, through all the babysitting jobs? I'm a very, very hard worker. Mm-hmm. I always have been. Like, I was never a natural A-plus student, but I was an A-plus student because mm-hmm. I work really hard. And I knew, I think, what struck so hard to me in this episode was girl smarts of how to connect and play on the playground. What was it that you said about, like, seventh-grade girls? like Achieve status by who they know? Yes, and I think I've been very good at connecting people. So I think it's a combo of like, I'm a hard worker, but also I love people. So I would be the kid, even though I was getting a C in physics, I knew that if I went to office hours every single day and got that wow. teacher on my side, that that teacher would maybe feel bad for me and give me a B <laughs> And I don't think I was doing it in any way, shape, form, a manipulative way at all. I think I just was like, like, I need help. And I my strong suit is connection to people. You understood something that mm-hmm. politics mm-hmm. is having a relationship with someone who's in power yep. over you. Totally. And you understood that if you develop a relationship with that teacher, uh, it will benefit you. Yeah. Acting jobs didn't come easy. I had to waitress and bartend and personally assist and cater and nanny and babysit and all those things. Right. I had a part-time job since I was 16. Yeah. Um, my parents really didn't push chores, but I was never grounded or anything. I... It was more about disappointment, you know. Um, but my parents were the parent that would, like, send me to their my room um, if I did something to think about what I had done. And then my dad would end up sitting on the end of my bed just sobbing <laughs> while we talked about it. My dad's very emotionally available. Yeah. Um, we call them heart darts in our family. Both my brother and my dad cry v- way easier than the girls do. Wow. Well, that's um, wonderful. You, so, you, can, you can teach me. So oh, they um, can. We're wrapping up, if it's okay with you. I want to talk to you about your daughter Mm -hmm. um, who passed away three or four years ago. And I want to talk to, because I think we would be missing a wonderful opportunity in such a sad thing of of what happened in your life. And talk to us about how that ties in with the book and the work you do. Yeah, I had uh, a transgender daughter, my wife and I, um, named Sam. Uh, Sam was born a boy. Mm -hmm but came out as transgender uh, her sophomore year of college. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, a year later, she took her life Mm -hmm. um, on her birthday. Um, And so sorry. Yeah, no, it was a terrible tragedy. And um, up until that point, she was, you know, just like a self-cleaning oven type kid. You know, she was really easy to to deal with and and it was everybody's best friend. But it really, it shook her, you know, in a way that we just didn't anticipate or realize. Mm-hmm. And and we knew she was depressed. Um, we knew she was struggling. It was like, should we pull her out of college? Should we not pull her out of college? Um, but, but she ended up taking her life. And so my wife said, I want to start a foundation for, for trans youth and help them in some way. And so we started a foundation called the... Uh, Sam and Devorah Foundation for Trans Youth because we thought that Sam was going to take Devorah had she continued to, uh, to transition. Uh, transition. And, and, you know, the thing is that the suicide attempt rate for transgender kids is 41%. And as I've done this work and as every trans person I've met, including people in Hollywood, mm-hmm. you know, have said to me, um, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really wanted to try to create a safe space um, for trans kids. So we, we created this foundation. We have retreats um, 
for trans teenagers in the eastern part of the United States and wow. Berkshire Mountains. And then we have developed a community of counselors um, who are trans or gender nonconforming, and they've become their own family. So we have a retreat for them. We're doing an event in Philadelphia in the in the spring for 18 to 21-year-olds, because when we go to the uh, Mazzoni Trans Health Conference or things like that, every year um, we're always asked about that age group. And we're, we're kind of brainstorming, because we want to reach many more kids um, sure. you know, across the country. So we're trying to figure out how to do that. Sure. Um, but yeah, so that's been very meaningful work uh, for my wife and I. It's, it's sustained us, but it's also, these kids are just, you know, they feel so marginalized. Oh my gosh, yes. And so to have a retreat and then have a kid write you a letter and say, you know, this was the best weekend of my life. It was the first time I was able to feel myself, wow. uh, be myself, be around people, you know, like me. It was just, it's really. But the foundation's website is uh, salmondevora.org. Great. Salmondevora.org. Um, such important work you're doing. Thank you. Uh, on so many levels. I really... We are lucky that you are here, like making waves and changing and helping and supporting people um, in today's day and age. Um, Thank you so much, Dr. Adam Price, for being on Katie's Crib. Thank you. It was so much fun. Thank you all for tuning in to Katie's Crib and for your beautiful messages and reviews. I absolutely love connecting with you and hearing your stories and questions. So email me at katiescrib at shondaland.com. We may just feature you on an episode. So hit me up. Thanks, guys. Katie's Crib is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 